This is Q&A. Send us your question on 084-786-3132. Peace be upon you and the mercy of Allah and His blessings on this 12th day of Jumad al-Ula 1445. Well, we commence with the Islamic economic indicators for today. The Zakat Nisab is 8,700 rands. The Mahar of Fatimi is 22,000 rands and the minimum Mahar is 500 rands. A very warm welcome to esteemed Mufti Sahib who is currently in Cape Town as well as to the directors and the seniors of the various radio stations and you, the esteemed listeners of the various radio stations as well. Remember, it's a broadcast from Marka Sahib, online voice of the Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'a, simulcast on Sirius FM in the East End as well as on Radio Al Ansar. We commence by welcoming Mufti Sahib onto the program all the way from Cape Town. I'm right here in Durban and our sound engineers at the head office in Lanesia. Mufti Sahib, Assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khairan once again for joining us. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum afizwadi. Jazakallahu khairan. MashaAllah, wonderful, beautiful day in Cape Town. And all the programs went well with the help and mercy of Almighty Allah Jalla Wala. So I'm sitting in Cape Town by one ocean, you sitting by another ocean, and our engineers are in between. Allah Ta'ala special mercy, Allah Ta'ala always accept us, mashallah. I mean, Jazakallah khairan for that. Mufti Sahib, going to Surah number 3, Surah Ali Imran, Ayah number 139. How would one apply this particular ayah in one's life? Wala tahinu, wala tahzanu. That's just the beginning of the ayah, but that particular ayah we're speaking about, Mufti Sahib. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulil kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise is due to Almighty Allah the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We know when there's a war. So sometimes you'll get some people will be the winners, some people will be the losers, or it will be a stalemate situation. So Almighty Allah Jalla Wala is giving us motivation, inspiration. Even if you lost men, even if your people are injured and so forth, as a Muslim, you must never ever lose hope. Wala tahinu, do not become weak. Wala tahzanu, and do not be grieved. Wa antumul alone, and you will always be superior as far as evidence, proof, courage, and all that go, conviction. Provided that you have true Iman, you have true conviction, just take the current conflict. So you see Hamas has beaten the apartheid terrorist Nazi regime of Israel and the whole world now is seeing the truth. Then more than 3,000 soldiers, Jutlas dispatched to help, more than 11,000 of their soldiers injured. And they are the ones who call for the ceasefire. They were begging America, Qatar, and so forth. We must have a ceasefire because now they realize what is the value of Iman. Our brothers, Hamas, subhanAllah, they in the tunnels took on America, took on Britain, France, Germany, all the Western powers and defeated them. And therefore, you must remember that now the hostages, Mubadalatul Usara, is taking place. What, what way in the world will you see that people who are captors and they took people away, and now when they're releasing them, the hostages, and that also Jews and Jutlas waving, you understand, goodbye, thank you, all that. And the Israeli media and the world is shocked that they're saying that how they treated us, they treated us with kindness, they treated us with compassion. Never did they ever torture us, never did they assault us, never they did this. Now compare that with the Jutlas, with the Haramis, more than 6,000 of our people, they're in jail. Small, small children, and they are psychologically abused, physically beaten, assaulted, sometimes no food, sometimes no drink, sometimes no medication. Thousands of them are there and detained without any trial. 
So Israel, it checkmate. Remember, Jutla, you better start packing up and leaving. And more than two, three hundred thousand, quarter million, half million have already left Israel to go for greener pastures. And those who are there, they're making their moves now, taking out second passport and dual passport and so forth. So therefore, I say, seven weeks ago, today is day 15. Remember, 7th of October. That day will always be remembered. Now, what Arab country could do, what no Muslim country could do, our brothers of Hamas did it. And they showed we will place our trust in Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala. But you get Haramis throughout the world. So you must remember where I am sitting here. So you must remember that the GA is not allowing the Palestinian flag in the legislature. So you know where they sit and they pass decisions and so forth. So you Muslims should be thinking properly for who you're going to vote in next year's elections and so forth. Any person, any organization, any party that is against Palestine and against their human rights and against their freedom and so forth, we must boycott them, we must ostracize them, we must never vote for them. I told you a hundred times, me, I never voted for ANC in my life. I never voted for DA or EFF in my life. But you Muslims, you should be thinking very, very carefully where you are going to cast your vote next year. Next one, you must remember that. That's what Hamas did now. So remember, the trucks are coming in, the water is coming in. Saudi Arabia, I'm one of the most critical people against them. And I'll still tell you that the leadership, I don't consider them to be Muslims. I say that MBS and that are not Muslim. But at least now they are sending in aid and so forth. And now you must remember that trucks are coming in from Arish and from Rafah border into Gaza. And the ambulances are coming in. Qatar also must be congratulated for playing the sterling role. Egypt also. We have problems with all these leaders, but at least now they are coming together. And don't be surprised if Saudi Arabia and them, they're all opportunists. Now they start switching their alliance. You must remember this type of thing. America, your enemy. Europe, your enemy. Rather we go with Russia, rather we go with China. And rather we stick with Hamas than going with Mahmoud Abbas and them. What did the PA do, Abu Mazin and them? Absolutely nothing for the Palestinians. Yeah, Hamas shook them up 20,000, 30,000 without one plane, without one helicopter. And I heard one Jewish commentator say that look at these guys. This was flip flops. You must remember that. They don't even have a plane, they don't even have a helicopter, and they shook the very foundation of Israel, you must remember that. So that is what is happening, like what Taliban did to the Western countries and coalition. So this is round two. You want to play? Come, we're ready for you. We are a people, we are ready for jihad. That is what Hamas has taught the world. When this ummah left out jihad, Allah put disgrace on them. Put jihad front and then show that we have a greater aim and objective on life. And that is Ihd al-Husnayn, Imma al-Ghanima wa Imma al-Shahada. That one of the two good things will come to us, either martyrdom or either victory and the spoils of war and booty. This person says that her daughter or the daughter is making nikah today and she is very uh, nervous and very anxious. She doesn't know the boy. How can we calm her down without having any doubts? And she is getting this waswasa. So remember, my sister, don't have any waswasa. You're going, leaving your parental home. So you to be nervous and all that is something natural. You parents give your daughter a lot of courage and so forth, a lot of himmat, and tell her you have, you are giving her all the duas and blessings. Now she is going to a new home. And you, my sister, today after Asr, after Maghrib, after Isha, we don't know what time you nikah. So read, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu mina zalimeen abundantly. And then read for you and your husband and your new life, inshallah. Surah 25, verse 74. 
ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرت اعين Oh, beloved Allah, grant us and grant our children, grant us such spouses and such progeny and children that are the coolness of the eyes. And inshallah, husband, wife, you must have special understanding. It's not only the bodies must meet, the hearts must meet. When the hearts meet, then there's unity of thought. Then you go through the turbulence, you go through the potholes. One thing in Cape Town, what is the truth we must speak? Remember, you hardly see potholes here. So that we must say that. DA like that they did well, you know. So what is right race we must speak, you know. So you must remember that they were asked, you know how many potholes and all that there are. So you go through the potholes, you go to the no potholes here and so forth, and you go through the ocean, through the waves, all that, and you remain together. But you must read, Ya Wadudu, Ya Wadudu, Ya Wadud, Oh Almighty Allah, you are the one, the creator of love and compassion, Ya Allah. So keep us united forever in this world and in Jannat al-Firdausil A'la. Mufti Sahib, which areas of Masjid al-Aqsa can a female enter if she is in the state of haze? Remember that Masjid al-Aqsa is not the structure and building. When you come to Masjid al-Aqsa, you will see big, big walls around it there. So it's 36 acres. That entire area, you must remember, is Masjid al-Aqsa. Not only where Masjid al is, the Masjid in front, or Qubbat al-Sakhra, the Dome of the Rock. When a lady is in menses, then you can't enter the Masjid at all. You can't enter Masjid al-Haram, Makkah, Mukarramah. You can't enter Masjid al-Nabawi in Medina Manawara. You can't enter Masjid Al-Aqsa, nor can you enter any other masjid. Where the dalil and evidence for this? Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, remember that she came with the master, Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for Hajjatul Wida, and she made intention, you must remember, of Umrah. Umrah only, meaning she's going to perform at the Matu Hajj, first Umrah, and when they finish with the Umrah, then she will make the Hajj. So she will fasten the Ihram twice, go in the state of Ihram. So obviously, women are in their normal clothes. The men, we wear our towels and so forth. Lo and behold, before they could enter Makkah, Mukarramah, and the Haram area, her Napaki, her menses started. And remember, they left Medina Manovara on the 25th of Zulqadah. And that was a Saturday. And they entered, remember, on the 4th of Zulhijjah. So that is, you must remember, the following week. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam now is waiting. Oh, Aisha, what's going to happen? So she said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm still in my menses. So then now the days are starting of Hajj. They have to go to Mina, Arafat, Muzdalifah. So then Nabi Alayhi told her, leave your Umrah. If Ali kama yaf'alul hajj, ghayra Allah tatufi bil bayt, that you must do everything the hajjis do and the hujjaj pilgrims do, but you can't perform the tawaf around the baytullah. You will open Mishkat, Mustad, Ahmad, various compilations, you will find this type of hadith and where the details are mentioned, Muslim Sharif and so forth of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, hajjatul wida. And Hazrat Shaykh's masterpiece, you must remember, Juz'u Hajjatil Wida wa Umratun Nabi Sallallahu all the references are there. So this masla is called Fasqul Umrah Ilal Hajj. She cancelled, annulled the Umrah, and then she made intention of Hajj only. You call it Ifrad Hajj. So therefore, she was crying on the night of the 14th and said, all the honorable wives perform Umrah and Hajj. I only perform Hajj. Then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi told her, okay, go with your brother and perform the Umrah. You must remember Abdurrahman. And they performed the Umrah. And then Imam Bukhari, Rahimahullah, in his Sahih al-Bukhari, brought the Tarjamatul Bab, a heading there, that if you did like how Siddiqa said Aisha did, so she performed the Umrah, so that will incorporate the Tawaful Vida also. After that Umrah, you don't have to make another Tawaful Vida, that is already part of Tawaful Vida also. So all these are lessons. So why could she not go inside? Because it's Haram Sharif, so it's a masjid, so therefore she can't make tawaf there and so forth and so on. She had to wait till she gets 100% clean, take ghusl, and then perform the umrah, perform the tawaf and so forth and so on, or the hajj, whatever it was. 
So therefore, from there we rule for any lady to enter any masjid in the world, a proper masjid. Many a time people call Islamic centers and all that. That is not masjid. Masjid means the land, the sand, the building, the structure, everything must be waqaf. And the owner is exclusively all, Allah Azza wa Jalla. So in a case, you must remember like that, for a lady who is haiza in the state of Napaki, menses, she cannot enter any masjid, and that is not permissible. Will it be permissible to give a loan to the imam of a masjid from the masjid funds? Totally haram that is. You must remember that. So people contributed to masjid ABC, masjid XYZ. Now the imam wants to buy a new car or he wants to buy some appliances or he sees December coming, there are many specials and so forth. So now he wants to buy something, 10,000, 20, 30, 50,000, but he doesn't have that money. So he tells the Jamaat, Jamaat says, yeah, we'll give you from the masjid fund. Not permissible. Why not permissible when I, you, and everybody else gave money? We gave money for the masjid. We didn't give money that you must start giving out loans. So they, the trustees themselves, cannot take a loan from there. You know, Amanat, what happened and all that, and all the scandals and all that went, went on there. And I think it's still carrying on and all that. Last week or two weeks ago, I met some people also. So anyway, you must remember this. So yeah, also the same thing, that this is work of money. And it's only for the masjid. You trustees, that whoever you are, you must give your money. You want to give a loan to the imam, so give your own money. And in that way, there are two, three, four trustees, you say, okay, I'll give 10,000, you give 5,000, 10,000, and give him the loan, make him sign. You must remember a document that he owes you, the trustees, X, Y, Z amount. You won't charge him any interest, and then you can deduct from his wages for the next five months, six months, one year. And in that way, there, then all parties will be, you understand, rewarded also. And you can't take money from there. Why you can't take money from there? Now, what happens if the imam passes away? Who will pay that loan? Who is responsible for all that? So, therefore, Islam says that these type of things, we need to be circumspect and extra careful. What can one do for one's deceased father, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to forgive him of all his sins and stop any punishment in the grave? Remember that when a person's father, mother, near and dear person has passed away, so the best thing is dua for the deceased. Surah 14, verse 41. رَبَّنَا فِي لِي وَلِوَالِدَيَّ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَوْمَ يَقُومُ الْحِسَابِ Oh, beloved Allah, forgive me, forgive my beloved parents. And the believers, the day the reckoning is established. So you should read that abundantly and daily. You don't wait for three days and 40 days and 100 days. Daily you should be reading that. Daily give out charity for the deceased. You must remember that. Whether it's cash, whether it's kind. And you say, Ya Allah, the charity I'm giving out on behalf of my father, mother, my family members, wife, husband, children, brothers, sisters, siblings, whoever, and the entire Ummah and Muslimah. Then you, the son, the daughter, your father passed away. You should ensure everything is expedited. Number one, the burial, funeral expenses are paid, that the debts of the deceased are paid. Today, many a time, you find the executor, the heirs are more interested than giving out lilla, musallas, Quran, and kitabs, and books. So, but they're not paying the debts of the creditors. That's absolutely haram. Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Nafsul mu'mini mu'allakatun biduyunihi hatta tubda'anhu. The person who passed away with Iman and Islam also will not enter paradise and Jannah until and unless his or her debts are paid. Open Mustafa Ahmad and various kitabs, you'll find this hadith there. So therefore, we need to expedite this matters. And then third one is wasiya, what he, the deceased person, now had bequeathed. You must remember for non-A's, whether it's a person, even non-Muslim, my neighbor is Tom, Dick, and Mary. So in a case like that, they did not for me. So, you know, they were always helpful. So in my world, I said, give them 5,000, 10,000 X amount. 
So that must be implemented. It must not exceed one third of the net estate. And fourth comes the shares of the heirs. So all these are issues. And the best gift you can give to your father, mother, after they pass away is water. He Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You must remember what he did. That Sa'adullah who came and said, Inna umma Sa'adin Khatufiat that the mother of Sa'ad has passed away. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Al-Ma' water. For Hafara Bi'iran, he went, he dug up a borehole, a well, and what have you, and he then said, Ha'adhi li'umbi Sa'ad. This is dedicated to the mother of Sa'ad, radiallahu an Open Mishka Sharif, you will find it. So yeah, I'm sitting here, mashallah, Mawana Bosh is here, Brother Mahmoud is here, and we have our Mawana Ilyas, our Bashir Baisan, and our Hassan Badat, and all of them, so much khidmat they made, mashallah. They bring water for me, they bring juice for me, they bring the say, by me, I got one stomach only, you know. And then when I had Bukhari Sharif now, a lot of my students, all Malay students, so I told them, read the dua now. Allahumma yammin kitabi. Allahumma yammin kitabi. Oh, all my Allah give us, or give me my book of deeds in my right hand. So when you receive the book of deeds, the report on the day of justice, the right hand, Quran says, So then you are Ashabul Maimana. I say Ashabul Maimana don't mean like me, you can speak Maimon and you are a Maimon. It means that you receive your book of deeds, you must remember in the right hand, and then you go straight to Jannat al-Firdaus al-A'la. So the one brother came to me, Mona Hashim Galan. He said, no, as a commandment, oh, no. So I'm also a maimon now, you see. Uh, no, I know what dua to read. So that is how, mashallah, our students, our graduates, they're doing great work here. Allah, Jalla accept all their khidmat. And those who passed away, Allah, Allah grant them all jannat al-fiddaus al-a'la. Those who are ill and sick, like Mu'ana Ihsan, Ajam, and others. Our Mu'ana Abdullah Saeed passed away recently. So Allah, Jalla grant them all who passed away, jannat al-fiddaus. Those who are ill and sick, Allah, give them shifai kamil. Amen. Hafti Sahib, this person says that our father has become an absent father. We have not seen him in months. He rarely phones us. And even when he does call, it's just in a minute. Basically, he's, uh, in short, we have a minister of finance only. Remember that we don't know what is the circumstances. I don't know where you are, what you are doing. Now let's just take a painter scenario, right? So I'm here by the ocean and we can see a lot of things from here, we upstairs and so forth. So now I am in Cape Town. So now that person there is in Cape Town. Now he's got his wife, he's got his children, but then he met somebody there in the tell, in the Kauteng, or Limpopo, or wherever. Then he got married to her. So now he can't bring that wife here. Is an absent father, the term you use. So he's paying all the bills and whatever you, but is he fulfilling the duty, the wife's duty, the children's duty? No, absolutely haram. Therefore, Quran Sharif teaches us you are to take a second wife, third wife, fourth wife. Surah number four, chapter four, Surah Nisa, verse number three. If you fear you can't do true justice, then you must have one wife. All is good, remember that. So that is the best thing to do. Like this, you're creating so many problems and complications in your life and so forth. So I don't know the circumstances, but I'm just presuming and assuming maybe that is what happened. So now you, the children, why you don't phone him? Why you don't ask him where is he? And tell him that you, the children, now the long weekend is coming, 15, 16, 17th in December. So now you want to visit him and so forth and so on. So you break the ice that way. You take a gift present for him. And remember, I don't know if your mother is alive, his wife is alive or not. So then you take her worth also, or you'll meet at a neutral place and so forth. So he is guilty. There's no question about it. Quran Karim gave us two verses. Every husband should think about this. Every wife should think about this. For the more I read Quran, the more we read Quran, then you will understand the beauty, the glory, the style, the diction of the noble Quran. Chapter 4, Surah Nisa, verse number 19, 19. 
Allah Ta'ala commands every husband. And what does Allah say? Wa'ashiruhunna. Ashiruhunna min al-mu'ashira. So love, coexist with one another, touch one another, meet one another, kiss one another, husband, wife. Wa'ashiruhunna bil-ma'roof. So you must stay with one another. And you, the husbands, this is commandment, is instruction, and an injunction from Almighty Allah. It's compulsory for you to treat your wives with love, with respect, with justice, and so forth. Then see that now today is hot here in Cape Town, mashallah. So I asked Molana Boshe, yeah, you going to the beach or what? He said, no, I'll to make your khidmat and then I'll go to the beach, you see. So you must remember that, you know what time here, Afshab, you finish Maghrib Salat, it's 8 o'clock here. So mashallah, yesterday I was seeing we read Salat here, Maghrib Salat in Mount View. So you must, Mount View, no? Yeah, Mount View. So we read Salat there, that Muazzin, he read Sheikh, he read beautiful, he's not the Imam, but he read beautiful Kirat, I would meet him, African brother, and he read beautiful Quran, mashallah, Imam that he made. So anyway, so after that, you know, we make dua, all that, I look at the watch, it's one, two minutes left for eight o'clock, you see. So subhanAllah, they go right till eight o'clock and one, two minutes past eight, Bangrib, sunset here, you know. So it's a long, long days here. So now... When you wear clothes, so what Quran Karim states, So you must remember husband-wife relationship, Surah 2, verse number 187, Surah chapter 2, verse 187, O wives, you are the garments and the clothing for your husband. O husband, you are the garments and clothing for your wife. So that is what. So you have to be near one another. We don't wear clothes and the clothes is somewhere else and we are somewhere else. It's attached to our body. So there there is emotions, there is love, there is duk, there is suk, there is prosperity, there is adversity, there are things. So you have to share all these things here. Marriage is not a dictatorship. Marriage is a partnership. And that is where we are failing. So that is my advice to all parties in this. But what the husband is doing, we answer the questions as the questions are posed. What he is doing, that's absolutely haram. Thinking I'm just paying everybody's finances and the water, lights and rental and paying the bills and all that utility bills and I fulfill my duty. Nay, you have to be there as well. Is, is it permissible uh, for the mahar to be given to the girl few days before the nikah? MashaAllah, I'm getting married. I'm getting married now, example I'm saying. Just now people think I, you know, the best part was yesterday, not yesterday, it's maybe yeah, yesterday or Friday, I don't know when. So a lady, Zarina, she told me, yeah, in Cape Town, she said, I want to meet you alone. <laughs> so I said, no, I don't meet men alone, I don't meet women alone, and this type of thing there. So I said, if you want somebody, then I'll get for you Suleiman Esau. He works for us, he's 37 years old. And you must remember that if you want to get married, then we can arrange something for you. And he provided, he agrees and all that. So, yeah, a lot of things happen in Cape Town also, you know. Yeah, the ratio is about 1 to 7 or 1 to 8 or something. For every male, there's 6, 7, 8 females also. So, anyway, you must remember, so I'm getting married example now. So, I'm getting married next week, Friday, right? So, today, tomorrow, I give the lady mahar. So is that permissible? Hundred permissible, percent permissible. When I gave her the mahar, I gave her father the mahar, and he's like the wakil or whatever you representative. So till the day of the nikah, that mahar, that Kruger coin, that money, whatever, that will be amanat by them, a trust by them. And the day we get married, nikah is done, then it becomes officially her mahar, her marital gift. So that is what will happen, totally permissible. So the two, three days, four, five days before the nikah, it is amanat, a trust, you see. And then when the nikah takes place, everything is done and dusted. Now she is the owner of it. Whilst it is amanat, I am still the owner. Remember that. That will be what you should remember. That when it's amanat, I'm going overseas. I tell you, keep my valuables. I'm the owner, but you are just the trustee in the sense that you are holding it in custody. 
So I gave it to you, and I'm telling you it's for Mahar, so it will be amanat. And it will enter your ownership, that is the wife's ownership, after the nikah. So then once the nikah is done, one Kruger coin, 100,000 rand, 5,000 rand, 2,000 rand, whatever it is. So then all that permissible, no problem. We see just like Law Figure and Tomb of the Saib. Mufti Saib, you know, request our uh, sound engineer from Johannesburg to reconnect with Mufti Saib as I can't uh, hear Mufti Saib very clearly at the Durban studios. But Mufti Saib, we will be back shortly. Vine in Palestine, where I lived with the family on a farm. Every day before dawn, the roosters would call before Fajr Salah was performed. Then labor and soil in the fields so in seed, we would witness the farm transform. I was a grapevine in Palestine, where I lived with a family on a farm. Then the day came, I will never forget. When they pulled our roots from the soil, they slashed every vine and they chopped every tree, every chicken inside they killed. I was a grapevine in Palestine and I have a story to tell. The farmers watched in vain, filled with tears and pain, as the bullets went flying in. Oh, what a price to pay, pay for this land, this land of Palestine. I was a grapevine in Palestine, where I loved you. This is Q&A. Send us your question on 084-786-3132. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and continuing with this afternoon's Q&A program brought to you by the Capital Group of Companies. Well, right now I'm here in Durban. Mufti Sahib is in Cape Town. And remember, we connected from our head office that's in Lanesha. Mufti Sahib, continuing with the program, what is the latest news from Pakistan? From here, when I look outside, so I can see the dome of the Islamia Masjid, mashallah. So that's very beautiful. So I'm telling Mona Bosch, come Keki, so come see here. That when we look outside, then we think of Aqsa al Mubarak, you know, because the dome is very similar to that. Not the same, obviously, but at least there is some similarity and so forth. It's a beautiful, magnificent day. So you must remember the latest from Pakistan is the following three or four things. Number one is this 1.7 million Afghanis are there in, in, uh, from Afghanistan. They are settled there in Pakistan. And now the Americans put pressure on them. You must get rid of these Afghanis and so forth and so on. So big problems. So those of them who crossed the border, went into Afghanistan, they don't even have homes. So where are they going to go to? But the Taliban will sort things out, inshallah. We hope and pray Allah make easy for all parties. Second one is this. If you know Pakistan, I spent seven years there almost, you know. So we know that there are so many intermediaries and so forth. So it's an impossible task. But remember this, that now they want to impose fights upon them and so forth. So all this, you see, when you become a slave of everybody else and anything else besides Allah Ta'ala, then you have to dance to their tune. So this is what happened. If you know Pakistan politics, then 90% of the time is the army running the show. The prime minister, president, they're just puppets there and so forth. I heard myself during the course of this week that one of the judges said, we can't hold Imran Khan in jail and have a court case. How can that be? You must remember the man has not found guilty in court, and now we put him in jail already. So that's unfair. So that will be a good thing if they release him and give him freedom to run for elections and so forth, because they all know the writing is in the wall, that if he is given freedom to, you understand, campaign and so forth, that his party, that Pakistan, Tahrik, Insaf, that PIF, whatever they call themselves, you must remember that. That will be the, the new government. But you know, in Pakistan, so much dandy and so much rigging takes place and so forth. 
And now on February 8th will be 2024, the elections there. And then you have the Zardari brothers. That you must remember, they're not uh, Zardari, sorry. You have the Sharif brothers, Shahba Sharif and Nawaz Sharif. Zardari is the Bruto's grandson. So anyway, so he will be part of the government if there's Nawaz Sharif or Shahba Sharif and them are included. So they will work it out with the army who will become the prime minister, who will become the president and so forth. But end of the day, a very, very sad state of affairs. Imagine a Taliban, so many wars they went through. They defeated all of them. And today, now they're cutting deals. You must remember in Afghanistan with China, they got lithium, they got oil, they got so many things, they gold and what have you. Their economy is much, much stronger compared to that of Pakistan. So that will resonate with us South Africans. That where there's so much corruption, millions, billions and trillions, so definitely the economy and the people suffer, remember the consequences. Hello. Hello. Mufti Sahib, you know, I can barely hear Mufti Sahib here, but we'll move on with the next question. Can Mufti Sahib hear me clearly? I can hear you clearly. Okay. Mufti Sahib, what can one recite for a person who is in Sakarat? Whenever a person is in Sakarat, we should always think of the Quranic verse, وَجَاءَتْ سَكْرَةُ الْمَوْتِ بِالْحَقِّ that when a person is about to leave this world and death is approaching him or her from all sides. Now we need to analyze that word. When a person is drunk, intoxicated, what Quran Karim states, Surah 22, and that is Surah Hajj, and verse 2, What are nasa sukara, wa ma'ahumbi sukara, wa lakinna adab Allahi shadeed. On that day, when the day of justice, the day of Qiyamah, the day of judgment is approaching people, when you look at the people, they're moving right and left and swaying and so forth, you will think that they are drunk and intoxicated. Allah says, nay, they are not drunk and intoxicated, but they are losing control. But the punishment of all, Allah, is very, very severe. So likewise, that person in the last stages of his life, you must look at the tip of his nose or her nose and you'll see it's bending to the left-hand side. You must look at the temple. You know temple? That way your hair starts growing on the sides by your forehead and so forth on the side. So that portion there is your temple. You'll see the temple is subsiding, is going inside. And that at the last, last moments will tafatisak and you'll see the feet are also moving away and so forth. So what must we do at that time? So Lakinu Mautakum Billah ilaha illallah. You must make talqeed, remind that person he or she must read the kalima la ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Don't instruct and command the person. It's a reminder, gentle reminder. So those of you, we were many times in such situation, our uncle, auntie, father, mother, whoever. So we are there. So you mustn't just get so frightened and run away. Sometimes people, they do crazy things because they never experienced this. So you must know what to do on that situation. You call that person muhtadar. The angels are there. Malakul Maut is there. What is entourage? And the angels are there. And Malakul Maut will extract the ruh and the spirit and the soul and so forth. So before that, that person is witnessing everything. So remind him or her. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Once he or she read it, then keep quiet. And those who are you, you will see that person is perspiring. The true Muslim, he passes away. Words you must remember, perspiration and that forehead, body perspiring. For the Muslim, it is Rahma. For the Chutla and the enemies of Islam, it is Rahma. It is punishment. Same action. But remember, open the hadith in Mishkat Sharif, Bulughul Maram, Mustadi Ahmed. That I remember, I saw my father, mother, brother, all of them passing away. And so much perspiration and so forth. That is Rahmah. And when it happens to a non-Muslim, 
yadribuna hujuhum adbarahum the angels are giving him a good thrashing and a good hiding on his face and on his back and so forth that is what the quran sharif teaches us so those of us who are there and no lady should be there in menses and nifas and so forth so those of you who got quran sharif or you know surah yasin read surah yasin Ma'apil bin Yasar radiallahu anhu is a rawi, is a reporter, and the hadith is mentioned in Musnad Ahmad, in Abu Dawood, and Ibn Majah, Iqra Yasin ala mawtakum, read Surah Yasin on your deceased. The muhaddisin, the scholars of hadith, have mentioned both, both ways. That you read Surah Yasin on your disease, one is when they in Sakarat. Or when they pass away, after that you read Surah Yasin. So we belong to the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jamaah. We say according to the four schools, all this is permissible and acceptable. Mufti Sahib, is there any dua to read to be a positive person amidst tests and trials and tribulations that one is going through? We all go through trials and tribulations. Our our focus should always be on all mighty Allah and not on people. Today we get disappointed, we become disillusioned, we have despair. Because instead of placing our trust in all mighty Allah, we started trusting people and so forth. So that's lesson number one. But sometimes the people who are near us say to you, they turn against you. Now what are you going to do? So everywhere, lessons in the Noble Quran. Write down all this. So you must remember these verses, Surah chapter 54, Surah Qamar, and verse number 10, Nabi Nuh, Noah, peace be upon him, Noah and the ark, his dua and supplication. فَدَعَا رَبَّهُ أَنِّي Quran Karim states, he stayed with his people for 950 years. In 900 years plus, only 80 or 82 people embrace Islam. Imagine that. So now when the people turn against him, we don't want to see you, we don't want to hear you, you just get out Allah for birth. Then he cried, he begged, he petitioned Almighty Allah. Fada'a Rabbahu, he cried to Allah. Anni maghlubun, I'm overpowered, I'm overwhelmed, Ya Allah. Fantasir, you defend me, you assist me, O Almighty Allah. So when you're feeling down and out, so read that, remember that people sometimes half the facts reaches them and they just start jumping to conclusions and so forth. So say, Rabb, be, oh my sustainer, nourisher, provider, anni, I, mahulubun, am overpowered, overwhelmed, fantasir, you defend me, you help me. And how many times, you know, all these countries I traveled, that we got caught up in situations, and for sure, that you think they're going to arrest you sometimes, you know, and we innocent people. But we just keep on reading, and always Allah tell us help comes. Chapter 54, verse 10. Then the worry, sorry, anxiety you go through, chapter 21, and that is Surah Anbiya, and verse number 87. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minadhalimeen. That for Nabi Yunus alayhi salatu salam, inni kuntu minadhalimeen means I am the wrongdoer, meaning committed error in judgment. I made a mistake. Because the Anbiya, prophets and messengers, selected by Almighty Allah, not elected by people. So no sin, it's just mistake. Me and you, we must say, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minadhalimeen. We are zalims, we are oppressors, oppressors of our soul, oppressors of other people, and so forth, and so forth. So we are major, major sinners, we are come. So Allah gives us now motivation, inspiration. We rescued, we delivered him, Nabi Yunus alayhi salam, Jonah. And remember that, what we did then after that, we will deliver and rescue the believers also. Then you always feel that people are against you, they're plotting, planning and scheming. You want to worry about them. You must turn to Almighty Allah, chapter 29, verse 30. See these haramis, these super terrorists. Today I read an article. 
that if a child, children, or people, or Palestinians are in jail and they pass away there because they were tortured or they were persecuted, or they still keep them in jail sometimes. You understood? They say, no, they must complete their sentence. Can you believe such a haram nation, such a mal'oon nation, the super terrorist? So therefore, one person sent one nice clip. And he showed the Taliban and all of them, you know, with their kurta and their turban and big, big beards. He said, these are not the terrorists. He had Biden. He had, you must remember, Bibi Netanyahu. He had the Indian there. We don't know whether he drank the cow milk or he drank the cow urine. Richie Rich, Rishi Sunak, Macron there. He said, these are these terrorists. How true it is, you must remember. Super terrorists, Haramis of the first order. Each one of them, if Islamic law was implemented, we should hang them all in public with Bush and Blair. So you must remember these things there, that people are plotting, planning against me, you, others, Muslims. So you must read chapter 29, verse 30. Rabbin surni adal qawmil mufsidid. Oh, beloved Allah, assist me against the mischief makers, troublemakers who read this dua. Lut alayhi salam, against whom the gay community and all might tell us, smash them to pieces, go to Palestine, occupy Palestine. We went there five times and every time we went there to go see that Allah Allah's kudrat, Fajalna aliyaha safilaha. Allah Jalla Wala made that portion there, Sodom and Gomorrah, therefore it's called Sodomy, that where one males, Adam and Eve, and they get say Adam and Steve, so Adam and Steve get busy, so we call that Sodomy, and the lowest, lowest portion on earth, as far as altitude goes. So in Islam, Faktulul Fahil will maful be both parties, when they are consenting adults, then for them is the death penalty. So keep on reading that and give out charity. And they always read chapter 7, verse 151. We only survive because of the mercy of Allah. وَدَخِلْنَا فِي رَحْمَتِكِ Ya Allah, include us in your special, special mercy. وَأَنْتَ أَرْحَمُ الرَّاحِمِينَ You are the most merciful one to show mercy, O beloved Allah. Mufti Sahib, is it true that if you perform ghusl for mayyid, your minor sins will be forgiven? Hadith Sharif teaches us, you must remember, man ghassala mayyidan falyakhtasil. So the famous Hadith, Mishka Sharif, Mustad Ahmad, and so forth. When you give ghusl to the deceased, you bathe the deceased, then you yourself should also take a bath. It's not compulsory, but it is mustahab sunnah. And yes, remember, your sins will get forgiven 100%, but it's a proviso condition attached to it. Sometimes you give gusel to the deceased and you see a big scar, you see a big mark, or sometimes the person's complexion, color changes, you know. So Allah alone knows what happens, you know. So you must remember poison or whatever and so forth. So in a case like that, the you, my sister, you are the ghasilat, you are the people who gave the gusel. And you, my brother, you are the one who gave the gusel. But fakatamahu, then you must remember what you did, you concealed it. You didn't tell anybody. Then Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, such people, Allah, you gave gusal and you hit the faults, you concealed the faults of the deceased person. You didn't come on the radio and go and announce this guy here, his whole body turned and does and does. And he had this problem and is punished and what and what. Yes, sometime you must announce it. I'll give you an example. So you must remember in a case like that, you concealed it, then you will be given min sun to Allah Jalla wala will give you, the person who gave gusal and you bathe the disease, that fine, fine silk to wear on the day of justice. Allah will give you the thick, thick silk and the embroidery to wear on the day of justice. But some people, you must announce it, there was a shaitan, there was an enemy of Islam, his name was Kamal Mustafa Kamal Ataturk. To call him Mustafa, we don't call him Mustafa, call him Kamal Ataturk. So he, he told the women, you must wear miniskirts, no azan in Arabic, no alders. He banned Islam basically day in Turkey. He wanted to imp-
I was a grapevine in Palestine, where I lived with a family on a farm. Every day before dawn, the roosters would call before Fajr Salah was performed. Then labor and toil in the fields so in seed, we would witness the farm transform. I was a grapevine in Palestine, where I lived with a family on a farm. Then the day came I will never forget, when they pulled our roots from the soil. They slashed every vine, and they chopped every tree, every chicken inside they killed. I was a grapevine in Palestine, and I have a story to tell. The farmers watched in vain, filled with tears and pain, as the bullets went flying in. Oh, what a price to pay, pay for this land, this land of Palestine. I was a grapevine in Palestine, where I lived with a family on a farm. I was a grapevine in Palestine, where I lived with a family on a farm. This is Q&A. Send us your question on 084-786-3132. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We do apologize for that interruption. As we had mentioned from the beginning of the program, I'm in Durban. Mufti Saab is in Cape Town. And most likely, I'm not too sure if it's an issue with the signal, what the problem is, but we're going to try to continue with the Q&A program. Can Mufti Saab, assalamu alaikum. And can Mufti Saab hear me clearly? I can hear you clearly. I was saying that, remember, we'll consider that is our break for 3 o'clock. And remember, they will continue till 3.30, and that will be the last break. Then in 10 to 4, 5 to 4, the dua. The question was posed regarding a person giving ghusl and bathing the deceased. So, yes, there are great, great virtues. You must remember that. Your minor sins get forgiven. And it is a duty of the Muslim Ummah, but we must not we must not announce the you know what we saw, any scar or any wound and this type of thing. Sometimes people their color also changes and so forth. Yes, but sometimes you must announce it. There was a person; he was an enemy of Islam, and his name Kamal Ataturk. And go read, go see the in Turkey if you are traveling. That the land that sand would not accept him, and then they buried him, just put him in a marble box and so forth. So cases like that, you must announce it and pronounce it so that it becomes a ibra and a lesson for those people who think they can play with Islam and the Sharia. Allah Jalla protect us. Allah Taala take us with Iman and Islam. Allahumma jal khaira ayyamina yawman al-qaqafi. O Almighty Allah, make that the best day in our life, the day we meet you, O our beloved Allah. Mufti Sahib, is there any amal or dua for someone who's got a skin condition like the cysts and psoriasis and so on, Mufti Sahib? I just sent out the dua today. Allah Ta'ala bless our brother Suleiman Esop. Every day he prepares one dua. And then he sends it out, I look at it, and inshallah, if he's right, then we post it to all the groups and thousands of people who are on our groups on Telegram and on Twitter and so forth. Allah, read with me, all of you. Allahumma, oh beloved Allah. Afini, afini, with the ayn, ayn and alif. Afini, afini, oh almighty Allah, grant me comfort. Ya Allah, grant me goodness. Ya Allah, grant me Perfection, goodness. Afini fi badani in my entire body, O Almighty Allah. And then you got problems with your eyes, you got problems with your ears. Allahumma afini fi sam'i, O Almighty Allah. Grant me afiyat, safety, comfort, goodness in my ears, in my hearing faculty. You got problems with your eyes, with your vision, your sight, and so forth. Allahumma afini fi basari. O Almighty Allah, grant me afiyat, safety, comfort, goodness in my eyes, in my vision, in my sight. 
you brother, sister, you got problems with your skin and so forth, you're suffering from this and that, and all day is itching and scratching Allah for birth, so read these three to us. Dua number one, read now with me. Allahumma afini fi bashari. Allahumma afini fi bashari. Oh, oh Almighty Allah, grant me safety, goodness, comfort, health, and goodness in my skin. So that is there. So you will try this, try this, go to the dermatologist and what have you. Second one, keep on reading. Always we must read. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min sayyi'il asqab. The dua mentioned in Sunan Nasai and Abu Dawood. And it is a sahih hadith, an authentic hadith. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min sayyi'il asqab. Oh, my beloved Allah, I seek your protection from the dreaded diseases, evil sicknesses. So keep on reading that. And Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa told his uncle, Sayyidina Abbas, radiallahu anhu, on three different occasions, uncle came to Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa nephew. The nephew said, Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa told the uncle three times, give me advice, give me advice. Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Salullah al-Afiyah, Salullah al-Afiyah, ask Allah for Afiyah. Afiyah, safety, comfort, protection, preservation of our Iman, of our Islam, of our body, head to toes, our eyes, our ears, our everything must be functioning and working. Not that Allah forbid, suddenly we find we can't hear, we can't see, we can't speak. So many things happen nowadays. Yeah, I'm amazed in Cape Town. Youngsters are coming to me and they're suffering from diabetes and so forth. And 30, 40, 50 years old and they're already flat now. So you must remember these types of things. So you can't just be eating, drinking anything. Stay away from all your McDonald's and all your KFC and all that. I told you 10 years ago, it's all haram, all this. So remember, in a case like that, your health will improve, inshallah. Please enlighten us on Khizr salam and also if Khizr salam is still alive. MashaAllah, when was it now? So Friday night. So I am saying Friday night, but technically it was Friday evening, and this was before Maghrib, because here we have supper before Maghrib, you know, 7 o'clock, uh, 6.30, 7 o'clock. So we were there by Mawana Mahmoud Khatib's place. So mashallah, they were very excited that the children were there, the grandchild was there, and so forth. So I asked him, Beta, the small grandson, you know, you're becoming Hafiz. He said, gee, I'm becoming Hafiz. Mashallah. So then I asked him, and I, he speaks a lot, I see the youngster. So I asked him that, now what question you got? He tell me, tell me what Khidr alayhi salam. I say, subhanallah. So let's start with Khidr alayhi salam. Go to chapter surah of this thing, surah Kahf. And then what you see in surah Kahf, the last page of the 15 Jews, the 15 Supara. And there all my Allah, Jalla Wala speaks about it. And what all my Allah says, Fantalaqa, Fantalaqa. Thrice it is mentioned. So remember the Sabab and Nuzul, the reason why it was revealed, all these verses. One day Nabi Musa salam, delivered a wonderful, great lecture, and somebody asked him, was so impressed, Man nas, who has the most knowledge? He said, Anna, I, Hadith in Bukhari Sharif. So Allah, Allah don't like, we must say, I. He should have said, Wallahu a'lam, Allah knows best. So, okay, Nabi Musa, salam, you said that. So go and read Surah Kahf, chapter number 18. And the story starts, you must remember, at verse 16. Chapter 18 and verse 16. And it ends right there, two full pages, another half page, plus minus, so 82. So 60 to 82 of chapter number 18. So Allah Ta'ala told him, go to a place where the two oceans meet. Not Cape Town. Those Mohakasim boss told me that when I go swimming, I don't like to swim here in the Atlantic Ocean. I like to swim in the Indian Ocean. But I told him, but are you Indian or what? So he's a white guy, you know, so this type of thing. So much Allah that he tell me, no, the Indian Ocean is warmer than the Atlantic Ocean. I say, subhanAllah. So next time I come, I also Indian, have to go in the Indian Ocean. So anyway, we don't know how to swim. Maybe we'll come out somewhere else. You know? So anyway, 
So that was the something. That now he said that to me. So Nabi Musa said to go. So he took his khadim. That time it was not Nabi. Yusha bin Nun. And then they went and they went and they went. And then they met, long story, that they met Khizr alayhi salam. And they made salam. So he said, Ya Ustad, I want to learn by you. So he told him, you can't learn by me. Learn to study my That you can't make enough patience and endurance. I tell you something, you will feel upset. Say, no, please, you must teach me. You see, he's testing him. Is he a talib a sadiq? Are you a true student? Or you're just coming like, you know, in our madrasa talum, you get sometimes Barkati students. They just come and kill time, waste time. So your Muslim say, no, I'll study. Right, first test. The two of them went. This is the first one. Surah 18, Surah Kahf, remember, and verse 71. So when they went in the boat, in the ship, whatever, free of charge. They said, these are very, very pious people. So he, Khizr, he damaged the boat. Musa Islam told him, what's wrong with you? They put us free of charge and you go, we're going to all drown or what? They told Hurikahala. He said, you see, I told you, you mother ask questions. He said, oh, forgive me, I forgot. You see, Nasitu. So please, la akhir ni Right. So now they just embark from there. They're walking on the shores, on the bank. Here you see a small boy, five, six, seven years old. He get his neck and ring him until they finish. So if you kill a baby, a son, a small boy, What's How can you kill? This is murder, homicide. And now, again, this is the second fun palaka. Chapter 18, verse 73, 74, and all that. He said, you see, I told you that you can't make sabbath. So now, listen, if you ask one more question, then finish now. I give you three chances, but then you have to go. You see, in Islam, you have the last divorce. One, two, three. If husband give three, finish. Then Khan is to finish now. You go home, and everything is finished now like that. So you give him three chances, you see. So now he said, you ask one more. Now they land up where? They in Turkey. Antakya. That's what the ulama have written. Fantalaqa. Chapter 18, Surah verse 77. When they come there, they see one wall is about to fall and all these type of things. So now they even ask, you understand, the people, they give us food. The people, they go from here, no food for you. People, great people, Ambiya, prophets, messengers, just go, no food for you. After that, they see a wall falling down, and then what he did? On the verge of falling, he went there, he just fixed it up, everything. So Nabi Musa told him, why you don't take wages, some salary, at least we're so hungry, so thirsty, we could buy. said, now finish now, I gave you three chances. Now separation, okay? Now let me give you the story. Before you go, now Nabi Musa salam said, Oh, I should have kept quiet. He should have taught me so many things. Now it's too late. Amma Safina, you see that boat that I damaged. Now there, there was a king. And that king there, he was a zalim, an oppressor, a tenpot dictator, like today, majority of the kings. And for a red to an Aibha, deliberately I damaged it. Why? Because in front there was a king. If he saw the boat and the ship, immaculate con- the condition, he would then go and confiscate it. Like that, he would say, this is a Katara. You know, in our language, it's Katara. They say, no, it's damaged one. Then let this go. So at least these poor people, they'll have a boat. So that was the wisdom. But you didn't understand, O Nabi Musa, that young boy, I ringed his neck and I killed him. What happened? His parents were true pakka, true believers. And they loved him so much to but as you say. But he was going to leave Islam and take them worth to Jahannam, Allah forbid. So therefore, I said, before he does all this damage, I must finish him up. So Allah will give them a better son. Don't think me and you can do this. We can't do all this. He said, hey, the son of mine, I better put a bullet through him. You can't do all that here. This is wahi and revelation. So you must remember, therefore, he killed that youngster there. And third one, as for the wall. 
Sakana Lihulamaini Yatimain. It belonged to two orphans. They were very young, like in Palestine and all that. And in that Medina, in that place, Wakana Tahtahu Kanzulla Big, big treasure there. Maybe some gold, silver, all this platinum and what and what and all. Wakana Abu Huma Saliha. And the father was very pious. Sayyidu Tabi'in. One of the greatest Tabi'in successes, people who met Sahaba in Medina Munawwara, Sa'id bin Musayyab, Rahimahullah, when he used to read this verse, Wakana Abu Huma Saliha. He used to cry. And then is to start actions. Let me do more and more and more. So you must remember that. Why? If I do good, Allah will protect my children. Allah will protect my children's property also. Subhanallah. So now he's telling Nabi Musa, salam, all this I did, what you saw, but you couldn't understand. I didn't do it on my own accord. It was Wahi, Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib, Rahimahullah, under this very verse, Surah 18, verse 82. So it says, from there we prove he was a Nabi. But Anbiya Muslim are given the Sharia, the Shari'i, Sharia. But he, Khizr salam, was given Takwini. So you must remember administrative issues and so forth. Khizr salam is alive or passed away. The Muhaddisin and scholars and that say he passed away. The Awliyaullah and Sufi say that he is alive and so forth. Some Awliyaullah pious people go for Hajj in those days when there were so many people pushing and jostling there by the Jamarat, by the Shaitans, as they call it symbolically. So then they tell you, Khizr salam came and picked me up and took me here and there and so forth. So we say if it is Khizr salam, it's not dead Khizr. This is someone else, but very similar action. So like Abdal and so forth. So that can be possible. But remember that Khizr salam of Nabi Musa, time, he passed away. That is the verdict of majority scholars. We see Jazakallah khairan to Mufti Sabi. It's going to be a very short break and we continue thereafter with the Q&A program brought to you by the Capital Group of Companies. We do apologize if there's uh, any issues with the quality of the sound. As we mentioned earlier, I'm in Durban. Mufti Sabi is in Cape Town. So that may perhaps due to the signal or the strength of the signal. I was a grapevine in Palestine where I lived with a family on a farm.